We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, longtime caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You can see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There is no way you can replace Firmino in this lineup right now. No way. I'm about to say, it's been uh, been about a month since our friend John Wallen has had a dry set of pants. (laughs) This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, Head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Lair. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, the FSWA finalist for Podcast of the Year. Uh, it is Tuesday, February 9th. And what do you know, Andrew? Tonight they decide the big winners. Yep, as we as I was saying before. Uh, we started. We're either going to be. This is the last podcast before we're either winners or spiteful losers. 
Yes. And I still think I'll be a great spiteful winner. So, you know, <laughs> vote accordingly, FSWA, or announce accordingly. I think you probably already voted. Probably. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> they're, they're, they're probably more prepared for their vote than we are for <laughs> our body. Probably. But, uh, no, we have uh, we have a lot to react to. Uh, like, uh, the, the transfer window is recently shut, so we can – We've had a time. We've had time to step back and take a look at what's actually happened. Uh, there's been a study as to who was the biggest bargain of the transfer window, and I w- I'm going to get your reaction to that. We uh, we can talk briefly uh, about how I beat you on DraftKings. Uh, we will also talk about Yahoo opening up their DFS for soccer, mm-hmm. and we will also finally talk about the ni- late 1970s New York Cosmos. And let's get that out of the way now. <laughs> Uh, they were really good. They had Pele, Franz Beckenbauer on the team, and uh, one of my favorites, uh, Andronic Eskandarian from Iran was also on that team. So, that? yeah. And uh, Carlos Alberto. There's a, legitimately a really good team, and I think if they played today, they'd be old and slow. <laughs> All right. Analysis complete. Let's move on. The transfer window has, has recently <laughs> shut. <laughs> There's been there, there's been a study done. It was done by um, I'm, I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to look up the organization, the CIES Football Observatory. I don't know if it really stands for C's <laughs> or size or whatever, but CIES Football Observatory. And would you like to take a guess as to which Premier League team got the biggest bargain on an individual player? Sado Dumbia. Incorrect, because he was. Uh, this I think it's for sales, because he was. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Then Dubia it's probably was, oh. Ramirez. Biggest bargain? Yes, absolutely, Ramirez. Actually, they rated him as someone who they paid. I believe it was. Uh, I think it was eight point three million pounds too much. <laughs> so that's about a third of what. Uh, that's about well, thirty. Basically, the markup you pay to have to go play in China. Uh, uh yeah. Pretty much because they also – well, actually even more than that because if you look at Jackson Martinez, oh, just, yeah. they, they bought uh, – that was a 31 million pound purchase. Mm-hmm. He was rated at 12. Oscar would have 13, been the biggest. 13. 13. 13 million pounds. And somebody so else that's is going. 18 pounds overrated. Uh, Lovetsy's going too. Well, rumored to be going. I think Laurent Blanc uh, said Fal- he was going. Falcao is rumored to be going. There's yeah. a lot of people rumored to be going. Yeah, I think PSG confirmed that Lovetsy was going. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, their window closes in late February, so we'll we'll have another special Chinese edition of <laughs> of the transfer window closing. Uh, but we also have the FA Cup game live going on. West Ham and Liverpool are in extra time, tied one one. Uh, but Andrew, back to the original question: Who do you think was the biggest bargain? So the the anti Ramirez, the anti Jackson Martinez, meaning most value. Yes. Um. Well, I said Dumbia, but I'm guessing. Well, he was, was alone. Oh, was he alone? Oh, okay. Well, it was an option to buy. Option but I'll buy. sign up for... I got nothing. None John of... Joe Shelby. Oh. A savings of approximately 11.5 million pounds. He's been great. He's been great. We knew he would be great. Yeah, they, 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 he was rated at 23 million, and they bought him for, I think, 12. So. That's crazy. 23, yeah. I think everybody would have hesitated. Everyone, everyone I, I would have flinched. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, you know, that's a rating. That's not any, that's not what the customer was willing to pay. Yep. 
So there's there, there there there's all sorts of craziness behind that. But John Joe has been great, and he got his first assist last weekend. So perfect pass, just what he can do. Yeah, it, uh, I mean he had. I mean I could have passed it in that in that gigantic gaping hole in that defense. But good lord, was it was it, it? I mean he also does other things, which I think was what gets lost uh, in John Joe's game. Don't you don't you think so? Yeah, I think like, we but, yeah we overlook up the stat sheet. We overlook his ability, his long ball, or we un, we uh, are blinded by his long ball ability. And um, just like you said, I think he does a lot more than people give him credit for, and we're starting to see it with Newcastle. Yeah, and Andros Townsend, who is believed to be uh, rated, uh, they bought him for five million pounds too much. Uh, I but, believe that. Uh, I believe that too. Uh, but he also hit the post in their one nil in Newcastle's one nil win against West Brom. So a lot of the new guys coming through there. Yeah, he looks really good. I think he had a ton of crosses too, um, which I saw on DraftKings. So he, I don't know. We uh, <clears throat> we'd spoken previously last year on uh, the MLS podcast. I don't know why Andrus Townsend came up, but he's always been one of those guys that you know the English team always. He's always there with the English team, and you're kind of watching him like, why is Andrus Townsend there? And I'm not sure that we're going to see enough of from him. Like he's not going to hit the post too often but at least he's getting an opportunity to play so maybe maybe i'll be wrong about him yeah i mean he looks like a like an aaron lennon type to me well i've always i don't want to say confuse them but like whenever i think of andrews townsend i think of aaron lennon he's the left-footed aaron lennon yeah i think they're the exact same player and it's always weird to me when i see them playing internationally because i kind of look at him like that's like that's the best that england can do huh it, uh, they're getting better. <laughs> I actually think England's going to be very dangerous at the Euros. Yeah, I feel like we kind of want to say that every time. They're going to be dangerous when they finally move on from Rooney. When they, If they could lead with Kane There's, and Vardy. I, mean, they, they, I was about to say, they made, no, 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 not Kane and Vardy. It would be um, it would be Kane and Alley. You'd have to think. I think, no, I think he'd play behind them. I mean, he doesn't, uh, he's not going to play up front. like he, Why wouldn't he play in the same spot that he does with Spurs? I guess, yeah, I guess. I mean, Kane and, Kane and a lot of other people have done very well. It's just not Kane and Rooney. Like, Kane and Barahino had yeah. done well together. Uh, Kane and Ali now are doing very well together. Kane and Vardy, that would be dangerous. I don't know. We haven't seen it. Yeah, Vardy, I'd like, I'd like I mean, to see that. What's scary is that there's no guarantee that Vardy makes the team. I know. I know. That's why <laughs> That's they, they need to scary. move on from Rooney. It's time. I can easily say this as somebody who has no rooting interest in England and or Manchester United, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to the big story. Speaking of Jamie Vardy, uh, Leicester just absolutely crushed Manchester City. They beat him three-one, and it was uh, it was a it was a concession, uh, not a concession, a consolation prize. The goal that Manchester City scored just really more about feelings than about anything that actually affected the outcome of the game. Yeah. And, did any? Uh, did either of us see a Leicester win coming? I thought. I mean, I, I thought it, you thought it was going to be high scoring and easily Manchester City. I thought no, 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 no. I said two one Leicester. No, you didn't. I absolutely did. Oh my God, you did. You did. I, I here, here. Oh, do you want do you want to hear the big surprise announcement? I was I was teasing to you and you alone before the podcast. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I I I wrote notes not only from last week's podcast but from the games over the weekend. I'm prepared for the podcast. Wow. Huge! Wow, we do this after the nominations come, FSW nominations come out. 
Um, After, yeah, 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 only on the day of an award will I do this, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Uh, yeah I said Leicester would win. And I was. I thought Manchester City would nick it in a close game, and yeah. we, and we, and you were closer than me. I'll say that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you were right. The Aguero goal is like the definition of like a consolation goal that basically means nothing. Um. Pat, padding the stats. Yeah. Palmero's second half of his career. <laughs> the. It wasn't right. even close was too. Tired. That's what was amazing about it. it was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't even a close three-one. No. It could. It could have been five. Mm-hmm. They had plenty of late. They being Leicester had plenty of chances and city. They, they barely, I mean, they had some good spells of possession, but they didn't look too much like scoring. Like, what, what was really noticeable to me is Kolarov was awful. Yeah. Well, we've never, we've never been. No, uh, but like one... even offensively, he wasn't finding. Oh anybody. yeah. Wasn't finding anybody with crosses. His shots were wide. Uh, I, I think he got one on target, but it was right, literally right at Schmeichel, who didn't even have to do much. That was the crazy thing. Lester Schmeichel, did, uh, Casper Schmeichel, Casper, Lester yeah. <laughs> Schmeichel didn't have to do much. Yeah, the what was I think that was one of the more surprising things for me of that match was that, um, yeah, you kind of I feel like there was no way that less or that Man City could have gone into that game thinking uh, we we can beat them. 3-2 or 4-3 like let's clamp down and see what we can do and they they didn't really do that Lester attacked like with ease and just like you said like um, Schmeichel was effectively like untested yeah. um, so I, I wrote down two points here about astonishing Lester. to me about Lester well one of them you saw on a Facebook post if you follow me on Facebook uh, last week and you know there people are people will try to force a comparison to Lester and what they're doing, there is one. There is simply not a comparison. Uh, I got a message from one of our Rotowire colleagues who I did not ask if he wanted to be outed like this, but um, he he mentioned that you know the nineteen the Super Bowl Rams from the seventies I believe were three hundred to one odds, and I and I said well that would be okay, you know, but just for Lester to be on top of the league in you know, by Christmas, but that was a thousand to one. Right. And for them to be on top at the end of the season was twenty six hundred to one. That's crazy. And all I can think of is, man, I wish I had fifty bucks on that. So that's but that I mean that so that you know I'll let you react to that first before I get to my next point. There, the only comps that I saw that piqued piqued my interest. One was the eighty five Villanova Wildcats, and that's only because I went to Villanova, but they're. I roll. They're much better than that. And the other one was Hoosiers, which is fake. The fictional, well, it's not really fake, but I mean, but, uh, I mean, in real sports. Yes. Uh, I don't. For, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. The bench warmers. All right, fine. That movie right, with yeah. uh, with uh, Dave Spade and Rob Schneider. Sure. <laughs> well, I think Hoosiers is at least based on a true story. But I, yeah, and we all know how factual that can be. <laughs> but. We're basically the the best we have is a 1950s Indiana high school, <laughs> as opposed to some sort of professional sports organization. I mean, it's uh, it's astonishing uh, what's happening, and uh, we keep saying once they in get a, in a system that is competitively, financially stacked against them. 100. Uh, percent I mean, taking the odds out of it. It just you know what the underdog portion of this is the structure of this sport prevents teams like Leicester from being this good intentionally yes 
Yes. And, and not not only to level the playing field, but to skew it in your favor where now the math, the computers are saying you're going to win. You're going to win. Like yep. you should win this. Mm-hmm. You, know, you should feel disappointed now if you don't. Right. I think they're still close enough. Uh, Arsenal's still close enough in the computer um, that I feel like if Leicester finished second, like, yes, it'll be a disappointment. That's what it is. They'll be disappointed if they lose at this point. Whereas, and, the, and the math certainly says they should make Champions League. Like, they, that should be a crushing blow. It'll it'll be one of the worst um, collapses. collapses in in the Premier League history if they don't make Champions League. Yeah, I mean the last, the, the last, the last of the not. I wrote this down too. The last of the non-big five, so not um, Arsenal, Chelsea, the two Manchester clubs, and I want to say Tottenham I was, was the Liverpool. Fifth. Liverpool, that's the one. Um, of those five, the last of those, the last, to the last team to no, to be at first this far ahead in the season was Newcastle in the nineties, and crazy. they finished. They finished third. That's crazy. So they should make the Champions League next year. And that said, remember we were talking about Jamie Vardy, like, oh, they just run him into the ground. They're not going to keep him next year. They can't. Um, yeah, maybe they can. Because <laughs> not only will they get that Premier League money, they'll get that Champions League money. Well, winning the Premier League, you know, obviously gives them. If they, uh, t- let's, say take, let's just say they get a top four uh, finishing place money, which is still high. And also. And also the Champions League money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money you weren't expecting to have. My favorite was after uh, the match against Man City that they announced that they announced that Vardy had signed a contract extension through 2020 or 2019, whatever it was. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's staying around." And it's like anybody uh, who says that is doesn't know at all how these things work. <laughs> it just raises the transfer fee. If he That's does. what I was gonna say. It's probably a, an absurd buyout clause that's now in his contract but um winning the premier league will get them to most likely avoid being in a group with barcelona bayern munich probably juventus when they and psg like if they do that they they could get out of their they could go into the knockout stages of champions league next year so so i and here's a here's something else i wrote down 12 months ago Except for me, everybody associated with Rotowire soccer said Leicester was getting relegated. Oh yeah, that was just twelve months ago, and Mike, now look at what we're saying. Mike, that, there was, there, that they'll be that they may be a seeded team in the mm-hmm. Champions. They had an ex. I mean, we. I bet most of us picked them to be relegated this year, like eight months ago. Yeah, I think I did six months I, ago. Uh, actually, no. Actually, that's not true. I said they would get relegated about six months ago, and I, I remember the reason why, because. They lost someone who I thought was the heart of the midfield, and it's not Danny Drinkwater. Um, Esteban Cambiasso. Cambiasso, that's right. That's how long it's been. Like it just, I was like the bald guy. Esteban Cambiasso, yes. Um, Who's with the Olympiacos now? Great. Who cares? Uh, It's just, it's so unbelievable what's going on, and it, it doesn't get the traction that it should in this country. That's definitely correct. And this is stuff that movies are made, mm-hmm. of which movies are made. Yep. And in fact, I, I and what and what I would say is, you don't even need to really, you know, Hollywood it up. Just play the just 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 play the the pundits and then the games and then what people are saying. Yeah. Movie. 
you would hope that they're filming everything. That somebody is filming everything because. Well, you, uh, there's got, <clears throat> they don't have their own TV station. There's got to be. Yeah, but there somebody's got to have a camera because there there had to be a point. Like, I would love to see effectively like a 38 episode hard knocks of a 38 for 38. Yeah. Of just going through each week where you start to look at them, where the players start to change from where it, may, it looks like we're not going to get relegated this year to, Hey, we're going to finish pretty well this year yeah. to wow. Top four is an op, you know, definitely a possibility to February 9th. They just be, you know, they beat man city two days ago, three days ago. They could win this title. Well, and I mean, we'll talk about it more later in the week, but we say we're, I have made the joke that we're going to say this every week, but we are really going to find out what their title hopes really are if they can beat Arsenal this upcoming game week. It's over. Oh, oh my goodness. It's, it's, like, it's they, they, over. They, then they're done with yeah. all the top teams for the rest of the season. They're done. Well, they're done either way. But, um, well, I, but I, 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 mean, they, I mean, there's no six-pointers left. Yeah, I think, I think, anything, anything but a loss, and the and it's over. The title's theirs. I mean, Manchester City may have something to say about that. The team that just got throttled by Leicester. Yeah, but they don't play Leicester every week. Yeah, I, and, I'm not with company out for as long as he is, and De Bruyne now out. I don't think they can do it. That is that we haven't I, talked about Spurs. You think Spurs could do it? Could yes. Will yeah. Do you think they will? I, I ugh, no. They lead in goal differential. I want to. I want to. Yeah. I really want to say that they can because they have the makeup. Like this is the year where you know the non-tradition. Because you know next season when Manchester City are are. God knows what, how much money they're going to put into the club this upcoming off season. Yeah, uh, with Pep with, with Pep, Pep coming yeah. in, it just God knows they got to finish top four though. Uh, Did we talk about that? Do they? Do they? Yeah. He, well, he hasn't. He can walk away if they don't finish yeah. top four. Well, we have not talked about that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, I think the BBC was reporting it. Well, that, but basically, he has he can opt out if they don't make the top four. Man, if he we talk about the did, pressure now that's on him. If he, oh, check this out. What if he opted out of Manchester City and Manchester United makes the top four and he goes to and Manchester? He goes there. Oh, that would be the best. That would just be the best. Um, given the two teams, I don't know why you'd want. I mean, that obviously is, it's because of Champions League, but like I don't. That is civil wars are made of. I don't know why you would ever want to want that job. Either way, all right. We talk. Let's talk about Spurs. Yeah, uh, you know, good transition. Obviously, uh, they, they are in second. <laughs> they they are in second. A nice one nil victory against Watford with Kieran Trippier. The reason why I won the uh, the yep. DraftKings challenge last weekend because Kieran Trippier scored that goal. Uh, ben Davis and Kieran Trippier. All they did was live in the Watford third attacking third. They, they just lived outside the box, crossing balls in. Yeah. And in Ben Davis's case, shooting three on goal. Yeah, which is crazy. It's weird a... to me that they that they only play together. Like uh, Pochettino will either go with Rose and Walker or Trippier and Davies, and I feel like if you're going to make a switch, it's like interesting to switch both. Uh-huh. But 
offensively. Would you, would, you like, would you like to get to my? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have a note on that exact oh, thing. But we'll, wow. Uh, finish, finish up. I'm not used to you having notes. Um, no. I'm just saying, like offensively, you would never pick Walker and Rose. So I wonder if it's if they play a team like Man City, that they would, or Arsenal, that they would play. They would not start Trippier and Davies because they're not as good defensively. So what Pochettino has done, it's a much smarter version than what I've been saying that Chelsea and other top teams should do. And you know how I say, you know, against if you're a top team, you're going against one of the lower level teams. You should have as many people forward as possible, so like a three at the back, three five two, and then a five three two on defense if you have to. Yep. Um, so what he does, even though he lines up four two three one. What happens is with Eric Dyer as one of those double pivots, when they are in an attacking mood against, uh, and if they're lined up with let's say Davis and uh, Davis and Trippier, what will happen is, you know, when they're attacking, Dyer will drop back to create that back three with Vimmer now and Vertonghen, mm-hmm. and then the, that creates those wing backs who just bomb forward, and yep. they still have those three players back. Yep. But, and it's just it's a disguised three-five-two. Mm-hmm. And that and, that, and the Eric Dyer has been the linchpin of that, and, the, and that's what I noticed. They talked about it a little bit on the on the show, not on the show on the broadcast, but that's what's enabling those wide players to get as far forward as they would like. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it's a fitness thing why Walker and Rose can't do that all the time because you know it's a lot of running. Yeah. For for those for those wide guys, if you're going to go that route consistently, as Benteke now has a breakaway and misses against West Ham. Sorry about that. Um, but it's it, it's it's a very smart, very aggressive move, but still having an eye for defense. And I think it's it's just perfect. And and the results speak for themselves. They they've let out the least amount of goals. And they have the highest goal differential. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean. Excellent response. Well, I mean, you nailed it. <laughs> you, is that better for you? That's much better. Yeah, I don't. Exactly. The exactly I wanted to hear. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. It, obviously, getting uh, getting wider allows uh, you know Kane and Deli Alley to have more uh, more space, you know, in the box and. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It also allows you to to let the, to make that defense run around mm-hmm. to get. When you stretch out a defense, when you have to make them run side to side to side to side to side, the ball always moves faster than the men. Yep. The men have to try to catch up. Yep. And it's just over time, you are going to tire that defense down. And it happened. And Leicester got the goal. Or not Leicester. Uh, Tottenham got Tottenham. the goal. Did you see what the shot differential was in that gap match? Large. Large. 25 like, to 3. I was going to say, it was, tw- was going to say it was like 20 to 2. 8 nothing on shots on goal. Yeah, Decent was, game from Herelio Gomez making eight saves, though. A three of them were on Ben Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had them both uh, on the DraftKings team. Yeah, it was the that stack certainly worked. Um, yeah. But yeah, D- Dyer's been exactly what they needed. So if they... Do they not win the title because they just can't catch Lester or because they fall back? It could be a little of both. I haven't looked at their run-ins extensively because I think it's a little too early for that. Yeah, they play Arsenal again, like in a few weeks. Yeah, so that's that's obviously I mean that's a big one anyway. Yeah. But I think they, they have, have to play I think they have to play Manchester United and Chelsea again as well. They play Man City this weekend. Yeah. So they play Man City, uh Swansea, West Ham and Arsenal. That's their next four. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, but you're right. They still play at Anfield 
and home against United. It's not. It's not easy. Mm, and at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. So they, they. I mean, they don't. Leicester, like I said, Leicester has very few tough games yep. after this one. Yep. I think you could argue zero. It's. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to catch them. Yeah. If they can if they stay healthy, which is always, uh, you could say that every week about a team that's in the you know, you know if they stay healthy, the, the, they'll be very tough to beat. But the, I think uh, the reason Leicester is especially important for two people to stay healthy. I well, that's certainly true. I think I read the other day um, when the lineups were announced that Leicester have used the fewest number of starting lineups, like unique starting lineups this season, and that. That it in itself is very impressive. It helps me not to play in yeah. Europe. Exactly. And, well, that too, got, yeah. And they got knocked out of the FA Cup early. Yeah. But that's still pretty impressive, just injury-wise. Like, that shows how lucky they've been injury-wise, yeah. that they could go that many matches playing the same 11. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think from any casual watcher of the Premier League has to be cheering for Leicester at this point. No reason not to. Well, casual fans were probably not cheering much for Swansea versus Crystal Palace. <laughs> oh, brutal. It's exactly what we thought it would be. <laughs> exactly what we thought it would be. Scott Dan, the goal machine, yeah. now the joint top scorer for Crystal, for Crystal Palace. Palace. Yeah. Ouch. Goofy Sigurdsson looks really good, though. Uh, free kick was debatable. <laughs> debatable. What, do you, what was debatable about it? Well, first of all, that was Emmanuel Adebayor even playing for one. And secondly, that contact was oh okay, minimal. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the kick was perfect. Kick was good. Yeah, kick was good. Oh, actually, you know what? You know what was worse? Hennessy. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Goalkeeper, you can't get beaten on your side. Yeah. You. <laughs> I wonder what he was looking at, because it was clearly at a point where he was like, he finally found the ball and was like, I'm not saving this. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's one of those cases where you, you, the, he cheated towards the wall side and mm-hmm. he got caught. Yep. And then uh, on another free kick, he cheated again and it actually worked out. Right, yeah. I mean, he could have been burned by the same move twice mm-hmm. in the same game. Yeah. He really he really could have been. Um, but Five and six, though, for Sigurdsson. I, I'm wondering if Hennessy starts next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much wondering that. And then also... Adebayor still looks lost out there. Yeah, well, he looks like somebody hasn't played since last April or whenever. I, I mean, Alan Pardew, who's done a great, he's done a great job at Crystal Palace, admittedly, uh, really screwed the pooch on that, hmm. on that whole position. Yeah. Yep. There's, I mean, they obviously. Yeah, and then someone have been if, 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 hurt by injuries, who, but who was it? Did Newcastle offer them seven million for for Dwight Gale? Uh, Dwight Gale? Was it Newcastle? I don't know if it Supposedly. was. Uh, who, if someone Whoever offered seven million pounds, unless the fax machine was broken, that should have been done in five minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ink, the ink wouldn't have been able to dry fast enough on my signature. <laughs> seven goal nets would have been perfectly fine for him. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Casual fans. They actually would like Everton because Everton do play an attractive style of football. And... 3-0 against the Stoke side that, oh my goodness, what's happened? The, I don't know. And it seems like Mark Hughes is kind of tinkering a little too much now too. Like we saw Mommy Doof and Peter Krauts yeah. get starts in the last two weeks. I was, like, I was very excited to see Mama Doof get a yeah. start. It's like, oh, I'm all over that. But yeah, no, thanks for that half point in DraftKings, Mama. Um, the, 
I don't know because they were like so high flying for a while and they haven't had any like crippling injuries. I mean, Arnautovic and Shakiri been like a little banged up, but they're like playing through it. it Defensively, the absence of shot cross has certainly had an effect because they they're not able to stop anybody. But they used to be at least be able to to keep up offensively, like we saw in that what was a four three against Everton earlier in the season. Yeah, but that's that team is gone. I. Uh, it, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know what they are anymore. For one, if you're trying, because this affects you know fantasy favorites like Jack Butland. Yeah, you know, a lot of people love Jack Butland, and Glenn Johnson was another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Peters for a while on the other side on the defense was a good option. Uh, I think they're all stayaways. You have to. Uh, you, uh, you, you you have to. You have to hold. You can't buy. You can't sell. Peters has been doing enough at least on DraftKings, that it's, I think he's still okay, although he's pretty expensive. But, yeah, for, like, any other format, we can get into the Yahoo scoring in a little bit. But, like, just that, they're giving up too many goals to to think about them defensively. And on the flip side, we kind of – it was that uh, Manchester United match where they got smoked and we went into it saying, you know, arguably three of the top four players were from Stoke. And – we obviously missed on that one, but they haven't responded at all either. That yeah. you're, Mark, I, I, I mean, can't Mark, tell Mark, if they're going to. Yeah, Mark Hughes for outside of Ranieri was a contender for manager. Of the sure season. was. Yeah, I, the, the award is going to one and one person, one person only this yeah. season. Yep. But I think even if Lester loses every game going here on in, he should still win it. Totally agree. But it, um, it's. Man, it's just it's the the sport in this league is so the the, I, I, the margin is so fine for for any kind of errors. Yeah, and that's what makes it great. I think the that, that's really what makes it great. I think they can turn it around defensively whenever they get Shawcross and Jeff Cameron back, because Cameron was playing kind of as a defensive midfielder, and which really is where he should be for the men's national team too. But they. I, those are two big absences, and when you have Glenn Whalen and Ibrahim Afalai as your double pivot, like you're not, you're going to give up goals. Afalai, yeah, Afalai is not a double pivot. Guy. No, you're going to give up a lot of goals that way. So there's, uh, I'm not sure I see anything when with Shawcross and Cameron out that is going to make me think that it's time to jump all over Stoke. And it makes Jack Butlin completely unusable. Yeah, I agree. Which is a shame. Yeah, it is. Another shame is Liverpool's late game defense. Uh, good lord, they let Sunderland score twice in the last half, twelve minutes of the game. That was to... awful. Like that, <laughs> they had that wrapped up. Everybody was, uh, you know, basically saying not that necessarily Liverpool were back, but like that's a game that they needed to win, yeah. and they were up two nothing with, uh, you know, ten minutes to go. Maybe not even. No, it was more. It was more than that. It was twelve. See, I think it was like twelve, fifteen minutes, something like that. No, Adam Johnson, eighty second, Defoe, eighty nine. So, eight Ugh. minutes plus stoppage time, and my gosh, my gosh, Mignolet has done. There were there was talk earlier this season that they may replace him. That was under uh, Braj. and then Klopp. Everybody when he Klopp came, I was like, well, he's going to want to bring in his own guy, and then I think Mignolet got an extension. And since then, he has been so bad that. Well, um, Minulay against um, in in game week twenty four, I think it was against Leicester. 
he was the man of the match until Lester scored twice. <laughs> that he was the man of the match until Vardy beat him with that ridiculous volley. Yeah, the- I remember you so, you IMing me saying Minule has been awesome today, and it was like, well, well, just wait. If he can, right? Yeah, the put him putting it together for ninety minutes is is the problem, and it's to the point where no matter the the matchup, I'm staying away. If you can't, if you give up two goals at home to Sunderland, you have lost all argument to me that you deserve fantasy consideration. And neither of them were to Patrick Van Aanholt. Right. Right. So I, I have two. I have two notes on this game. One of them is Roberto Firmino has five goals and two assists in his last five games. Yep. He had a goal and assist in this game. Yeah. The, everybody. Very very involved. Yeah. He. The the return of Daniel Sturridge. Uh, is this whole like, well, is he going to start? Blah, blah blah. It's like you, there is no way you can replace Firmino in this lineup right now. Yeah. No, I, way. I, I, I'm about to say it's been uh, it's been about a month since our friend John Wallen has had a dry set of pants. <laughs> we <laughs> we need to get him back on. We'll display this uh, that, that little loop for him, and, right. and we'll, we'll see we'll see what his reaction is. <laughs> But yeah, the, I mean, everything that he told us in August and July about Firmino is coming true. And it's too bad that it took so long to happen. But yeah, he's been awesome. Uh, he's still pretty underpriced in a lot of daily games. Like he should be up there with, you know, the Olivier Giroud types, the ones just below, uh, you know, Aguero and I guess Lukaku. But yeah, he's been awesome. And then on the Sunderland side, Jermaine Defoe, six goals in six games. Yeah, speaking of awesome. the uh, Undeniably awesome, unrecognizable to the fantasy community. Um, I wouldn't say unrecognizable. Not, unrecog- uh, not unrecognizable. <clears throat> in un- assist, too, I think. Unselected. Can you, oh, no. Um, yeah, it's – he's one of those that, like, you – you're still just hoping that he scores. Like, he, his – he had five goals in two games before. And then he went cold for three games. And it's like, you're not, he still doesn't take eight shots a game like, um, you know, Aguero or I guess Harry Kane hasn't been doing that as much. But I just feel like the, if you put him in your lineup, you're basically praying for a goal as opposed to expecting one. That's how I'll put it. It's true. So like you said, six goals in his last six, but he's only scored in three of them. Yeah. Oh man, I've missed I missed a couple notes that I wrote down. Can you believe it? <laughs> you're just Let's not go used back. To, you're not used to I'm it. Not, I'm, I'm so not used to it. For 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 Swansea, Sigurdsson has five goals in six games. Yeah, and seven is his personal, and he has seven for the year, which is his career high. Career high, yeah. He should beat that. Should. Uh, when we go uh, back to Everton, uh, Aaron Lennon has three goals in three games the first time in his career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I that's what a, Andros Townsend. Has, well, that's what you have to look forward with Andros Townsend. I did yeah, exactly. I did a quick bit on uh, 120 Sports last week, and they were asking for a cheap midfielder, and I said Lennon, and there was like such. I was like looking at all these possibilities, and I finally came to Lennon, and I was like, "Am I really going to say Lennon?" And as soon as I said it, I was like, "I can't believe there's like a video of me recommending Aaron Lennon." And when he scored, I was, I almost like, it didn't even make me feel any better because I was still so ashamed that I did it. <laughs> Two of those goals are in Premier League. One was in a Capital One Cup match. 
But yeah, three and three. So speaking of three and three, Stoke has allowed three goals in three straight games. That is the first time that, that, that's the, first of all, it's the only time they've never done that before in this season, which is not surprising. However, they've only let up three goals once in the previous 22 games. Wow. Was that, wow. That Everton match probably? Or is that? I don't know. I didn't look up. Come on. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Let's not get carried away here. No, it's not research. (laughs) I have facts, not research. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So noted. Noted. A game that was noted but not actually watched. Aston Villa at home against Norwich. A game that I thought there would be a lot of value. Um, if you had Gabby Agbon Lahore, you're pretty happy. <laughs> I did see a few people have him, and I mean, in like a big GPP, he was worth it. He was cheap, and he was playing a defense that has been absolutely atrocious. So I get it, but. Ugh. It's it's so frustrating, uh, and uh, I think Aston Villa have a grand total of two goals in the first half this season. <sighs> they have both been scored by Julian Lescott. Wow. So I don't know what to make. Of yeah. That. <laughs> I no or I think they're. La- I don't know if it's this season because I think it was the first time they scored in the first half this season. I I don't even remember. Hmm. But I think the last two goals they've scored in the first half have been both scored by Julian Lescott. Okay. That's why. That's what I believe the note was from this game. He, um, uh, my cryptic handwriting, which I can't really. <laughs> yeah, he's been good enough uh, as a center back that they now have pushed uh, Micah Richards out wide, which means finally, Bak- yeah, which means Bakuna is now in the midfield. So he's like, yeah. he's exactly all, the kind of fantasy all defender. All of these you things want. are good things. Yeah. All of these things are good things for fantasy purposes. Yep. Especially Bakuna. Yep. It would be great if they still had Benteke. I get why they don't, but it would be great if they still had him. I could wear my jersey again. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Okay, Newcastle. We already talked a little bit about Newcastle and West Brom. Uh, John Joe Shelby Dimitrovic was the goal combination. Was the assist to goal combination? Uh, do you see Mitrovic losing time to Dumbia? I I definitely said that when Dumbia signed. Uh, and but my thought is that the goal should give him another start. Uh, you know, it's basically I think the moment he has a bad game. Dumbia will will start the next match, so um, I I don't know we I think we got very high on Dumbia. Uh, he'd been playing really well in the Champions League, and my my hesitation is that he like wasn't remotely close to playing for Roma, who like need a striker, and he was wasn't even considered, and so I'm starting to hedge a little bit now on my exuberance over say Dumbia. He's fast. He's really fast. So is Exxon yeah. That doesn't mean I'm, you know, like, I don't know. He's a very different player than Mitrovic. That's certainly Although, true. frankly, Mitrovic's goal last weekend was something that Dumbia he's a score. He's a beefier version to me of Iosi Perez. Like, he's got more bulk to him. But yeah, uh, I mean, we'll see how they balance it all because they have, like, four strikers now. Yeah, they with, do. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do, how they balance that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like they're clearly going for to stay up by scoring and not by trying to clamp down defensively like Aston Villa seems to be doing. Exactly. And that worked for Leicester last year. Yeah. Well, speaking of clamping down defensively, there are three guarantees in life. Death, taxes and a Fraser Forrester clean sheet. <laughs> That's it. Like four straight. Yeah. Five straight. 
Five straight. The five man straight. cannot be beat. The yeah. man cannot be beat. Uh, and uh, at this point, no matter what his price is, is he uh, your first pick for a daily fantasy? Um, no, oh, not fights, not because he's, he's, he's like Swansea. Yeah, I definitely like him this weekend. Um, although they are on, oh, it doesn't really matter where they play. But I mean, he's he definitely got to be up there. He's he shut out Arsenal at the Emirates. He's amazingly cheap uh, in FPL. Uh, he's not as cheap in ESPN, but. He should be like 100% owned in FPL for how cheap he is and how good they've been playing defensively. And they and and, and Maya Yoshida not only did he play well, <laughs> def- he scored a goal. Your boy. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, Cedric played very well yep. uh, last weekend, both defensively and uh, you know, a little bit going forward. Not too much though. No. Um, especially because what really hurt them obviously was going down to ten men. Yes. So, Victor Wanyama, uh, what's that that I read you? That's his third red card this season? Correct. Which is tied and, for the most ever, right? In a which season. is tied for the most ever. However, and I think the most ever in the Premier League ever is nine. Right. He's a third of the way there in a season. Yeah. I guess I guess I guess the correlation is people who get a lot of red cards don't tend to have long careers, <laughs> like three plus years in the Premier League, but it, it's a lot. And and he's wanted by Manchester United. Yeah, that's right. Like uh, he's he was supposed to go. Yeah, last summer. Manchester United. Yeah, and he, Schneider. They, they really want him. Um, ugh, just brutal. Jordy Classy, by the way, someone who I tipped at the beginning of the season, who can put a pass together at the defensive midfield. Uh, when we start getting into uh, Yahoo DFS, especially with passes completed, mm-hmm. uh, that's someone who I might have my eye on because he, as a double pivot, you you are dependent on putting passes together yeah so uh so someone to look out for uh but as we tease that we get to yahoo later on in the show um definitely someone to look at going forward because he's going to be playing a lot with wanyama out mm-hmm. did he get did he get a suspension too or was it just or did he get the more than just the one um wanyama yeah uh i think, I think he... it was just the one game right yeah so it was straight nope, red i take so... that back Wait, you got three i'm somehow I'm on the FA website here now that says he's getting five. That's what I thought. His third red card, and it was a very high challenge yeah. with studs. Yeah. Five so, matches, he's out. Okay. My gosh. So, yeah. That, that, that takes him to the, to the end of March. Uh, yeah, March 12th is the last one that he – is his last suspended one. So, yeah, that gets him to uh, – yeah, March 19th he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, who and uh, and by that point, I'm not sure if his spot will still be open. Yeah. But it, 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 other other than Wanyama, though, I think it's just business as usual. Uh, you can't trust Dusan Tadic because you just don't know what his role is at any given time. Unbelievable. And I <laughs> love that. I was finally like, I think this is the week Austin gets to start and Pele and Long start together. <laughs> no, yes, I think he's the only striker who didn't. The only start. one who didn't play. <laughs> Unbelievable. He played, but he didn't well, start. right. That's what I meant. Yeah. Just. <laughs> And, and and the sad part is Pele played very well, but he he was the one sacrificed when yes. uh, when Wanyama got the the red card. Yeah, so I think they, they would just end up getting each other's way. Yeah, Pele and Austin. So well, we'll see. they they those two would. That's but, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I think Long and either one of them. I think they think the real winner in that is Shane Long. Yep. So, Shane and Mane. There you well, go. Actually, actually, Sadio Mane has been terrible. Yeah, he has been. Uh, of late he just just the quality hasn't been there mm-hmm. yeah, the, it was... it's, it's so weird how Fraser Forrester comes back can't be beaten 
and all the offensive options can't score. Right. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. Let's get to the let's let's get to the Sunday games here. Um, Arsenal. Excuse me. Arsenal. Burnmouth. Um, Alexi Sanchez not quite back yet. He's playing, but he's just not back. That's exactly how I would describe it. Yeah, that's it's clearly going to take him a few games to get back under. Or, yeah, he needs know. his preseason. Right. Again. Yeah, I mean, because it was shown, you know, it was shown with regularity on the television. But he had that one that one run where he cut back to his right foot and fired it directly at the goalie. Right at him. Right at him. And just and not even on form, just a regular version of Alexi Sanchez scores. Oh, yeah. Be on form. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's that's exactly what happens when when you come back. I think he was he got called for offside three times and all three of them. You were like. Are you paying attention, or is it just that you're you you're faster than you think you are, and that you know, which is possible. Like you, you know, you're you're coming back from an injury, and you don't think you have the burst, and then all of a sudden you burst, and you're offside. And he's just got to figure out his his body before he yeah. gets back on that. I don't know if there are any technical difficulties just now, but uh, I'm out of form in terms of drinking water because I just spilled it all over myself, Bummer. including the, including the headset. So hopefully there were no uh, technical difficulties there. No, you got away with that one until until I it. mentioned it. Okay, yeah, sorry. Well, you know, I try to be I try to be honest with the podcast. <laughs> all right, uh, but Aaron actually, to the, the two standout performers to me were uh, Aaron Ramsey, who uh, got the assist on the second goal, I believe, yep, and uh, Mesut Ozil, of course. Ramsey, I think, got the secondary assist on the I think he's the one who sure, sent the they, ball in for Giroud who headed it to uh, Ozil yeah. Who, yeah, no, oh, hold on Art, Olivier Giroud did not head it to anybody he headed it to a space and Mesut Ozil <laughs> occupied it it was a perfect pass to where he knew his streaking uh, teammate would be yeah. Let's, like, I mean, I, it was I weird mean, to see Ozil score with his right foot as powerfully as he see, did too it was weird to see him score with a volley with authority yeah, yeah they were, everything Everything about it was like, I must be watching a video game because he doesn't do that in real life. Well, speaking of something that d- doesn't normally actually happens all the time in real life is Liverpool let up a set piece goal at the worst possible time. So West Ham are going to beat Liverpool with an oh. 120th minute header. I was like, what are you talking about? By I'm Angelo sure. Ogbonna. Sorry, live coverage. Oh, my boy, Angelo Ogbonna. Yeah. Oh, well. So. Um, oh, well. So. Yeah, Ramsey, I think, is going to be even better now because uh, Francis Coquelin, who has been playing off the bench after uh, being out for quite a while with his knee injury, I think he's going to come back in in place of Matthew Flamini. And I think that his defensive presence gives Ramsey more opportunity to kind of float up. So as good as Ramsey has been, I think we're actually going to see a little bit better. Maybe not this weekend against Leicester. but I think you could have said insert name here is coming in for Matthew Flamini and that would mean that things are better. <laughs> Flamini's been pretty has been good enough that you don't He's been anonymous, which I guess means he's been good. That's what I mean. Yeah. There's there's no point where you're like, man, I can't believe Flamini gave that up or uh you know, he'll get his yellow cards of course, but there's <laughs> there's not which you get suspended for if you get enough of them. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, but he doesn't play enough to to get there or if he does, oh well, you know. But Coquelin's back now, so I think Ramsey'll have a little more offensive freedom. And Gabriel played really well in place of Pierre Mertesacker. That they have, uh, you know, the the Gabriel Koscielny combo is very good. Yeah, well, Barcelona are still interested in Koscielny, so we'll yeah. see how long that lasts. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but anyway, let's get to the game that uh, that was billed as the big one and performed like not the big one. Right. 
well, it so performed bad. exactly like a big one for the Premier League recently. Oh god, it was Not so boring. Western. It was so boring. We're t- of course we're talking about Chelsea at home against at Stamford Bridge against Manchester United. The only thing that was interesting is that Chelsea leveled late, and that was it. <laughs> I bet there were it. more people who watched that match than the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know. Worldwide, I bet that. I was. don't. I don't know. I I I, I, I haven't looked at the numbers, um, but. For these two, the only note that I put down for this game, because, again, it was very boring. Shoot me. Well, no, I didn't even get that far. Uh, Both of those teams looked like they were playing for their future managers, who they don't know who it is yet, so they're playing like (laughs) nothing. That's funny. (laughs) So, you know, when you play for your unknown future manager, this is what happens. Yeah. How much worse... Uh, or Chelsea with Cahill instead of Zuma, or is it? Well, nothing? the only thing I was thinking, I was, I actually wrote it down, and then when Zuma got hurt, which if you know, not for, not for the squeamish, no. Uh, so torn ACL for, uh, for I think that's what yep. you told me, right? Yep. Torn ACL for Zuma. Correct. Surprise, that's all it was. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely gruesome. Basically, his entire weight landed on a straight leg, and you can imagine what happens. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely some wrong way bend as well it was it was bad uh i I thought that zuma would have been perfect to play that eric eric dyer like role Mm -hmm. till which they which Mourinho did like once earlier in the season and it worked so we obviously went right away from it so he did so he didn't do it again um it's it's tough I, i i it's tough to say i believe the matt miazga error may be coming sooner than people think I'm I'm, de- I'm dead serious. Uh, he Gary Cahill is not great. It's not a, it's not a coincidence that Gary Cahill the, uh, about five minutes after he came on, that's when Manchester United scored. <laughs> yeah, it's not a coincidence. It's, well, if, I mean, Cahill it, was dropped. It's not like Cahill was dropped yeah. for a reason. Yeah, right. He's, that's what I mean. He is, he, he is he is not as slow as John Terry, but he's in the same grouping of slow. Yeah, he's not quick. And he also, but he doesn't have the instincts of John Terry. Mm-hmm. He has the dedication of John Terry that he'll go into a challenge and he will do whatever he can to make up the ground, any ground that he has lost. Uh, but he doesn't have the instincts. He doesn't have the ability to lead the line like John Terry. And he doesn't have the athleticism of anybody. So, anyway. again, if you want to have someone in the Kurt Zuma like role, I believe that Miazga is quick is closer to that than Thank Gary you. Cahill. I'll give you and that. As some, and as someone who who covered the MLS, uh, you know, first of all, just explained who Matt Miazga is. <laughs> secondly, if my, if I have any kind of merit to my argument, <clears throat> I think you have the merit that um, that Miazga is closer to Zuma than Cahill is, but. At the same time, he's a 20-year-old kid from New Jersey who just joined from the Red Bulls and has trained with Chelsea for you know three weeks now. That I think throwing him into a Premier League, he hasn't even made the bench. Um, not that you're going to have multiple center backs on your bench, but uh, I think expecting him to start is a bit of a long shot. Just because he hasn't been there that long, that... Uh, that's kind of a big spot to just be put in two weeks after you get there. I will note that your boy, Pappy Jubilaboji or whatever, however you say Jubilaboji. it, Jubilaboji has started every game for Werder Bremen since he left at center back. 
It's me sighing. <laughs> um, it makes for great radio. Yeah. Uh, it, it was mismanaged. There, there's no way to. There's no other way to put it. Okay. It was obviously someone that Jose Mourinho did not want, and Goose Hitting continued to not want. Right. I, and I don't understand why you get rid of young and talented. We have a question from Twitter from uh, Brendan McNavin asking if this is the week to grab Hazard as a differential play. No. <laughs> if he starts, you don't. You wouldn't take him. No. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, depending on the format, he doesn't cross enough. He hasn't scored. He hasn't gotten an assist. So. <laughs> so in what format uh, what, would what you, you take him? Expecting? What are you expecting? Like, the, if you think and it's Hazard just, of and, last year. But he's not cheap enough for a GPP play. He's just not. So no, the answer is no, and I think it's a resounding no. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the only player off, the only two players that are playing well offensively are Willian, who's leveled off a little, to be fair. Yeah. And Diego Costa. That's it. And Oscar, I, Le- I I, and Oscar leveled, no. leveled off quite quickly after that hat trick, yeah, which wasn't even in the Premier League. Right. 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 Uh, <laughs> and this is a Chelsea team that next Tuesday takes on PSG. Yeah. In France. So I'm not sure if you're getting the full A squad this weekend for one. Um, Is there no thought that Hazard would uh, play especially well this weekend in preparation for playing against his new team next Tuesday? (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I can't believe you didn't see that coming. Better, better analogy, (laughs) better joke. No, still no. Okay. He's not good. I don't even think PSG looks at him like you're good enough for us. I don't think. I, would you, if you were Real Madrid, would you bank the or PSG? Would you bank the bank for him? No. No. No, no one's going to go like a hundred million pounds for him now. Uh, my two favorite things about PSG that I'm going to throw in here quickly is that the second place team, who I believe, is Monaco. I'm is closer to relegation. Is closer not just to relegation. I believe to the bottom. Um, <laughs> oh, I take that back. It is relegation. Excuse yeah. me. They're closer to relegation than they are to PSG. And I believe Ibrahimovic now has a nine-goal lead over your boy Batashui. For the... Batshuayi? Yeah. It... I, I'm not saying he's locked on Ibrahimovic. No, I know. I'm, well, I'm not. just saying in, in, in terms of just how good Ibrahimovic has been. Um, Ibrahimovic, I, uh, I'm trying to well, pull I mean, up here. He's, he's at 21, friend, and Batshuayi is at 12. I take no real stock in the French league for established players. Yeah. I just don't. Uh, I mean, Bat Shuai, for, for example, though, has scored his goal, I think two of his goals against PSG. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not just doing it against the lower level. But anyway, that, that's, we, we are talking a completely different show now at yeah, this point. Sorry. So Hazard is a no. Hazard, uh, not only is Hazard no, I think he's a resounding no. Okay. Like, I think you have to see it more than once in a row at this point. I agree with you on that. I'm not touching and, it. And because and you know what you know what else I I constantly ask myself no. about Chelsea in general. What's Diego Costa good at besides for getting defenders upset? What is he That's good exactly at? Exactly what I was just about to say. Uh, I think he's good at getting into space, which I but think is, he, is a is he quick enough to capitalize on said space? Uh, sometimes I see him constantly getting caught up to to the point where he knows he's going to get caught up to, so he dives. Yes. That's, as soon as that's he goes contact, he goes over. But I think he's—I I think there is an underrated skill of 
of knowing where to be when the play is developing around you. And he, like when he he scores, it's not like I'm saying, Oh, you know, he's so good. It's like, Oh, he just happened to be there. So you say it that way. He just happened to be there as opposed to he knew to be there. Yeah. Like he knew to be there when the defender was going to deflect the pass (laughs) from whoever that was. And it was going to fall directly in, in his path, slightly offside. So you, you consider his right place at the right time luck and not anything else. I th- Which is like, fine. Like, like I, I, I'm saying it's p- at least partial luck. Okay. Because like be- Frank Lampard because... was just amazing at always being in the right place at the right time, and I find that but Costa. He's mid- but he's a midfielder. Sure. Like, sure. But he has the time to look over the play from the from behind the play to see what's opening up. Yeah. So I, that I understand. When you are leading the line and you are, you just are you are focused on happenstance. That's a problem. Okay. Uh, and I just don't know what he's good at. Okay, that's fair. And on that note, because I really don't know what I'm good at, I think we should actually end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Oh, what a show today. I hope we I hope we win. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I hope we don't lose. But the from what I know, well, we're up against another Rotowire podcast which is Chris Liss's East Coast offense. And you, know what? you, you know and what? I are both. Uh... I, will, I will lay down the gauntlet. If, if, if he wins, I have no problem going on that podcast and have him yell at me about how he's so much better than us if he's willing to do the opposite. <laughs> um, I, I assume he's not a listener of this one, so we'll have to get in touch with him otherwise. But um, I, we both said we, we very much enjoy that podcast, so if we don't win, uh, hopefully – Chris and uh, and Dalton take it down. And that is the class level difference between Andrew Laird, my co-host, <laughs> and myself, Mike Gottlieb. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We'll catch you in a few days to preview game week 27. Yes, sir. Or, 20, or 26. 26. Yeah, let's do 26. 26. Professional. Let's do that one. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.